To have a conversation about race and color, first you need to see the world in black and white. Welcome to the Motherhood in Black and White podcast. This is the space where we will discuss family, faith, friendship, the future, and our fears with open minds and open hearts. We are two real women having real conversations, tackling the tough stuff with a little humor and a whole lot of heart. Welcome to the conversation. Hello, podcast fam, and welcome back to Motherhood in Black and White. We're so excited to have you. We are so excited to be here. Tara, how are you feeling today? I'm feeling good today. It's the last day of my vacation, getting back to the real world. What is that making you feel? Like, what has the vacation been like for you? Um, You know, it's interesting. We did a staycation. We were supposed to go out of town. Clearly, that didn't happen. So we just did a lot of hanging out with each other. I got some house stuff done. We try to make the best of it. What house stuff? Well, clean up the house. There's some drawers and cabinets I hadn't been through in a little while. And since I was home, I checked those out and, uh, you know, got caught up on laundry. And uh, I had to do defensive driving for a ticket I received. Uh-oh. So wait, I had to get wait, wait, that wait. done. <laughs> defensive so maybe driving? Maybe I should say it was more like personal stuff. Yes. Yes. How for, fast were you going? I actually ran a red light and caused an accident. Oh, no. Yeah, everybody was okay. Okay, good. Everybody was fine. I just got my car back. But um, yes, I ran a red light and had to get a ticket and handle that business like a grown-up. Yes. Like a grown-up. And <laughs> you were modeling good behavior. That's right. You accepted responsibility. Did. You did do it. That's my fault. Acceptance is key. <laughs> you got to right. acknowledge the problem. And your problem is you're a terrible driver. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Unfair. Totally unfair. (laughs) We've been home now for several months with the pandemic. Yes. And one of the things that I know I was going to do during the months I've been home is clean my house. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I have not done (laughs) since I've been home is clean my house. Were you motivated to do it this week during your vacation? No, no, I had to, we've talked about this a little bit, before vacation started, I made a list of exactly the things I wanted to get done, and I tried to just do the things on the list, so I wasn't motivated, I didn't get up every day like, oh, I can't wait to tackle some stuff, I was like, I'm gonna knock one thing off the list every day, and that's kind of how I handled it. And how far down the list have you gotten so far? I'm about 80% done. I have a couple more things to do over the weekend, and I should have everything knocked out I wanted to get done. Well, that is good. That's really fantastic. I try. If you give me a list, I'm pretty good. I'm not good at the amorphous to-do list. I think there's some things to be done. I have to write it down. How about you, though? How are you feeling today? Today, I'm feeling great. Good. It's weird because 2020 has been an amalgam of emotions. You know, it has been the year of the roller coaster. Mm -hmm. I don't know if there is another way of saying that this is just a year of unexpected changes. And one of the things that I've felt today, and actually this whole week has just been good. I felt really good in a really good space. A lot of good people have come into my life. I've reconnected with some great people in this last week. And today I've had some wonderful news that uh, (laughs) podcast family, I don't know you well enough to share this with you yet, but (laughs) yeah, so I'm in a really good place. I'm in a good space and I just appreciate my health. I appreciate my son's health, my husband's health. And 
And I appreciate being here back with you again today. Same, same. That's so good. I'm so glad you had a good week. That's awesome. Yeah. I think we just want the best for each other, right? Absolutely. Yes. And let's dive in a little bit to today's episode. And we teased this a bit in episode one. If our podcast family has not listened to episode one, go back and listen to it to see where we're going to start from. But I know that you and I are still getting to know each other. I wanted to share with you, Terrace, an incident, a story about what happened to me back in 2009. Oh, so, let's do it. Okay. okay. So we're taking it way back. Can I hear an amen? You get some popcorn? I do. I'm ready. Uh, okay. Don't chew too loudly into the microphone. Our producer <laughs> I will step will get away. upset. So I'll pull away a little bit. <laughs> That's fine. So in 2009, I was... I was pregnant, had my son Roman in January of 2009, and we were living in New York City at the time. I was an attorney for a big law firm. And 2009 was a challenging time for our country because you know why. Economically, it was tough because it was the... The toughest economy, the worst financial crisis, and the worst recession since the Great Depression. The Great Recession. And as I was on maternity leave, my plan was to stay out for 12 weeks Mm -hmm. and then go back to work. But week three of maternity leave, I was called by a partner at the law firm and told that I was one of several attorneys who had been laid off as a result of the Great Recession. So in that moment, while I'm nursing a newborn, I'm trying to figure out what my new normal is going to be because it was always in my plan to go back to work. I never intended on being a stay-at-home mom. And not realizing that it was a blessing at the time right. to be given the opportunity to stay home with my child. I was looking kind of short-sighted yeah. about how it felt to lose that career yeah. at that point. So I stayed home with Roman and every day, it was winter time in New York. It was a rough winter. And in May of 2009, I felt ready to finally leave the house and start to tackle and lose some of the baby weight. And went to a fitness center in the neighborhood. And I made sure before we went to the fitness center that Roman had a dry diaper Mm -hmm. and he was fed. He had just woken up from his nap and I was ready to hit that treadmill and hit hard. (laughs) By hit it hard, I mean just push the button a little bit and walk. Just move. Move a little bit. I was ready. I was ready. Mm -hmm. And I got to the fitness center and took Roman to the childcare. He was one of two other kids there. Roman had just started crawling. Mm -hmm. He was a little under six months. He had just started crawling. And I dropped Roman off at the childcare center, told the woman that I was going to be at the treadmill. I was going to do a 30-minute brisk walk. Mm-hmm. And as I walked out of the childcare center, my little cherub started crying a little bit. And mm-hmm. I looked back and I saw him. And I'm walking into the fitness center down the aisle of treadmills. And I hear this wail oh, God. that I had never heard before. I can feel that. You can feel chest. it. Well, it is, I didn't feel it in my chest. You know the place where I felt it? Uh-huh. It was three inches above my belly button to the left a little bit. And you know what that place was? That was the place where Roman used to kick me when I was pregnant. Oh, wow. And in that place where he kicked me, it was just a pang. And it was constant. And I felt it. And Mm. I heard him crying. And I knew in my head that the baby's okay. Mm -hmm. He's okay. Yes. But in the pit of my belly... Where he used to be, Mm. I felt something and it was the first time that I experienced it. You know what? It it was a visceral feeling. Yeah. I started to name it. And you know what it was? Hmm. Tell me. You know what it was. I know what it was. But you tell me. I'll tell you. It was mom guilt. Mom guilt. Mom guilt. 
And if that had been the only time I experienced it, mm-hmm. that would have been one time too many. But <laughs> yeah. I, used to, it was I used to tell Jason, it feels like I'm on fire from yeah. the inside out. <laughs> Every time. And yeah. so I was standing there and I was at a crossroads. And I was like, do I go get my workout on and walk briskly for 30 minutes or go back and get my crying child? Yeah. And I'll, I'll tell you at the end of the episode what, what, I, you did? what I did. <laughs> and some people who know me that are listening in, they'll be like, I know what she did. <laughs> But maybe you don't. So So let's dive in a little bit deeper to this feeling of mom guilt. And if you were to put a definition to it, what does it mean to you? How do you define it? Oh, that's a great question. How do I define it? Um, I've always sort of defined it more from that physical sensation than actual words. I mean, it really always felt like heat. It just always felt like this heat at my core that I couldn't control and couldn't seem to put out easily. But honestly, I think if I were to find it in words for me, it's sometimes it's about whether I am going to choose myself or if I'm going to choose my child. Mm, That's powerful. Yeah. Just sit with that. Yeah. So you think it's a decision to choose yourself or choose your child. Wow. I tend to feel it in those specific moments. And and I don't know if that's real. Like, I don't know if somebody looking at it from the outside would go, that's not really what you're choosing. But when I have to make those choices, that's what it feels like. It feels like I'm choosing myself over my child. And it makes feel me feel like, guilty. Yeah, but do you feel like there's a right or a wrong answer? I think that... I think that what I know now, if you had asked me when I had a brand new baby, when I had a six month old baby, um, maybe even up until about three years, I think I really believed that choosing myself over my child was the wrong answer, right? And today, now that he's been alive, you know, almost a decade, and I can see that my choices don't really have that much power, I believe that the choice to choose me is the right choice because it makes me a better mom most of the time. When you're choosing yourself, what does that look like? Is it something on a daily basis? Is it something you consciously do or is it just who you are? Well, I'm thinking specifically about your example about wanting to go work out, just wanting to take care of your body and then having to stand there and decide, do I take care of me or do I go help him stop crying in this moment. Right. And and I think most of the time it's those kind of decisions. Do I do I take care of myself in this situation? He's fine or do I go and attend to that, you know, and make sure he, you know, doesn't feel any pain or feel any discomfort first before I take care of myself. And I think it's interesting that we as a society have coined the term mom guilt. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if this is an American thing or not. I don't know. But I'm an attorney. And of course, I'm going to look up what the definition of guilt is. (laughs) That's just what I do. Hey, queen. I'd say I'm surprised, but I know who you are. (laughs) Let's just share with everyone. So the first definition of guilt, it's a noun. And guilt means the fact of having committed a specified or implied offense or crime. So we think about guilt. There's the definition of being criminal. There's a definition of something doing something wrong, wrong. doing something, doing something wrong. And I think that's what sits with and resonates with a lot of moms. And I know that I feel that it's I feel that whatever I'm doing, if it is not child centered or child specific. Yes. I'm guilty of something. Yes. 
So handcuff me and take I me agree. away. I mean, let's see what it says in the books, what charge that would be. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what the crime would be specifically. But yeah. a couple of years ago, I was talking with another group of women and I was at a panel on working mothers. Mm-hmm. And the panelist said something that has resonated with me every day since then. She said to me that we as working moms are every day and constantly juggling. Yeah. The juggling act involves a whole bunch of balls, but some of the balls are made of rubber and some are made of glass. And you have to, while performing the juggling act, determine which ones are made of rubber and which ones are made of glass. Yeah. And thinking about that every day that I do life, it's understanding like, okay, today, what are the things that I'm doing and who are the people that are in my life that are made of rubber mm-hmm. and who are the ones that are made of glass? Like if I'm putting out a fire at work, I know that my child would be okay if I just am a little late picking him up from school. So that's right. the rubber ball. Right. But if my boss is asking that I send this email before I leave the office, if I don't, I might get fired. That's the glass. And yeah. if that ball drops. If I drop that ball and it breaks, it is going to shatter my world. Mm-hmm. But what I try to be cognizant of is trying to treat my family and my extended family as glass as much as possible. But I have to be real with myself and saying there are times when I treat myself like the rubber ball too often. True. That you know, is and true. I put myself last yeah. thinking, oh, I'll get I, to I'll, me eventually. Exactly. I'll get to me eventually. That's what I have to I done. I can keep yes. going. Yep. Like about not really working out in a few days mm-hmm. because I'm like, I will get there at the end of the day when time permits. And right. Time never permits. Never. <laughs> <laughs> it never comes back. So we so we talk about putting ourselves first. Yeah. So, so you were very vulnerable and shared your story about mom guilt. So I'll tell you couple of short ones that I have that I can specifically remember. Um, One of them was when Gage was about three months old, I was going back to work and there was this whole, there still is, God love us. There's this whole conversation about breastfeeding and it's the only way to do it. It's the best way to do it. Everybody should keep doing it. And I had a lot of friends that were able to do it for a couple of years and I just A couple of years? Yes. Yes. Who are these mythical people? Honey. I'm telling you, and, and I bow down. Wait, wait, wait. I give them credit. I want to hear your story about Mom Gill, but yeah. I also want to hear this story about these women who let a child latch onto <laughs> their breasts for years. I mean, yeah, I, I I have friends. They went. Um, one of my friends went two years. I had another friend go almost three years. They are friends. They're heroes. I, These heroes. are heroes. I bow down. I, I, I bow down. I do. And, 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 but I had this example when I had a baby and I was like, well, obviously if I'm gonna, you know, measure up, I gotta do this too. You gotta lactate up. Uh, yeah. Right. And from day one, this breastfeeding thing, I just, I couldn't get my mind around it. And people were like trying to be helpful like make these cookies and do it like this and stand on your head if you put the pillow and the stuff and the things it'll work it'll work just do all these things and when I was home with him there was some room right where I could like try some things and and make it work and we did it for a while but once I went back to work that would entail me having to shut my door four or five times a day and pump in my office and it would entail me having to be up all night because he had to have more skin on skin contact and he had to actually be doing it more often. And after about a month, 
I was, I looked at my husband and I'm like, I, I can't, I can't do it. I'm dying. Like, this is not working for me. And all those helpful tips about like standing on your head and, and making the cookies and did the, just felt like pressure. And at some point I looked at, I looked at my husband and I said, here's the thing. I could, I could turn myself inside out and do all 20 of those things every day and breastfeed him until whenever I could. I'm sure those things work. I can't. I cannot. Mm. I am mentally exhausted. I am trying to get back into the swing of a job. I got promoted right before I had him. So I had a new job to go back to. And I was managing, you know, a big team. I was like, I just can't. And if it means that for me to survive, he's going to have to drink formula, then then that's what we're going to have to do. And and I was devastated. I'm going to cry about it just now talking about it. And I remember going to my friend and my friends and presenting it as, I'm just a failure. I just can't do it. And and all of them were like, oh, my God, Tara, you're not a failure. Like, just because I did it doesn't mean you have to do it. Or just because it worked for me, it worked for me. It didn't work for you. And But I had that. Like, I would present it to people like, oh, did you breastfeed? And they'd be like, I really tried for three whole months. I did all the things. And what we didn't and the thing and the stuff. And it, I mean, I just felt terrible about it. And the memory is so palpable because you have tears in your eyes right now remembering that feeling. Yeah. From 10 years ago. Yeah. And you look back at it. And again, just like I can remember exactly how and where it felt Mm -hmm. the first time I experienced it. Mm -hmm. The problem with mom guilt, though, is it's a crime, apparently. Obviously. According to the the definition. (laughs) But with crimes, you serve your sentence for a finite period of time. Mm -hmm. You know what the crime is you've committed and you serve a sentence. But with mom guilt, I don't think it's something that ever goes away. It's like a life sentence. It is. Because every time you make a decision where you said it earlier, Tara, you feel like you're choosing yourself over your child or your children. Yep. You're adding more time onto the sentence. It's true. It's true. And it changes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, when they're babies, there's these decisions that feel like life or death. And then in hindsight, you're like, I think it was okay. It was life or death. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But now I'm like, I'm okay with it, even though it still brings up some emotions for me at the time. But now that he's older, the decisions are different. Like we talked last time about do we send them back to school or do we keep them at home? Right. And it feels like whatever choice I make, somehow I'm getting it wrong. Like, you know, or um, do I make him play sports, even though he doesn't really like sports, like, but he's not getting the activity. Like that makes me feel a certain way. It just, it feels like I can't control these things. And because I can't control these things, I'm clearly doing it wrong. Do you think that the guilt is more from people around you or do you think it's all self-imposed when you're really to peel away how you feel and take some time to analyze it what would you think for me I won't speak for everybody but for me I think it's a hundred percent self-imposed I mean at the end of the day especially with my tribe like if I was talking to strangers Maybe they'd be throwing a little guilt my way because they think it should be a certain way. But when I'm talking to the people who really care about me and love me, I'm getting zero guilt from them. They are all telling me, Terry, you're doing a great job. It's totally fine. But I still feel it. Right. So clearly that's coming from somewhere inside me. That right. Has decided it's supposed to look a certain way. And when it doesn't, that's on me. But do you think that the it's supposed to look a certain way is because that's the image that's sent out to us in the world? You know, I think that. 
for me, social media and portrayals of women and working women, it's everyone you look at has it all together. People even during the pandemic have been working and taking care of their family and learning how to play the piano and bake banana bread. (laughs) And that is not happening in my house. (laughs) But that's not what we see. Right. And so I feel as though because my child doesn't now speak four languages and I haven't taken every masterclass and can play Beethoven or Chopin, I have failed these last six months. Like, well, you didn't really do much, did you? Absolutely. I, yeah, I, I, I do think social media is not helpful right. for sure, right. because even the people I think that if we were talking face to face would tell me I'm doing OK, their social media would tell me they're doing much better than me. So clearly, you know, there's a disconnect there. Um, so, there, I mean, it, it's definitely a visual. But again, I am internalizing that picture and making it the thing that I'm supposed to be striving for. You right. know what I mean? Of course. So I still think, yes, social media is not helping me out, but it is for sure me. <laughs> A couple of months ago, I intentionally disengaged from social media. Did you? Because I realized that it wasn't healthy for me. And I got to a point where I started to judge my success as a mother based on what other people were doing. Mm. And knowing and acknowledging that, I realized I'm not basing my success or failures off of what they're doing. It's the image they're choosing to show to the world or whatever they want people to think that they're doing, going through. And I had to pause and give myself the ability to recognize that I'm doing the best I can Mm -hmm. where I am in this season of my life. Mm -hmm. And when I said to you earlier during this episode, I'm just doing great. That's how I am. And a part of that is because I chose to accept everything I'm going through and say, wow, you know, I'm still alive. I'm healthy. People Mm -hmm. around me are healthy. I'm able to maintain a good job. I'm able to help my kid out with at the time, fifth grade math, social studies, which had its own challenges. Yeah. Um, when did fifth grade math get to be so hard? Uh, you know, they changed it. Did they? And I don't understand. Math is math. I don't understand why I got to do it a different way. But My way works. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I got to the point where I was looking at my kid's grades and I was like, he got an 88. We got an 88. And I realized I couldn't be mad at him for getting it wrong because I had just not taught him very well. Uh, yeah, yeah. You're like, that's my grade as much as your grade. So we'll take it. Exactly. And, <laughs> and again, that's the guilt on another level. Yeah. So Roman said, but mommy, you always said a B is not okay. Well, this B is fine because this is mommy's B. I own this. <laughs> we'll take this one because we'll this we one. did a good job. We did our best, son. That's what we did. And that's what we do. If you were to talk to other mothers, and we talk a lot about how you felt when Gage was a baby mm-hmm. and some of the guilt that you felt, if you know that there's a mom out there that is struggling with what she should do or could do Mm -hmm. as a new mother, what is it that you would share with her? Hmm. That's a great question. And I have a friend who has a two-year-old right now, and, and I've been kind of watching her walk through the new mom thing the last couple of years, and she calls me sometimes. I will say... Okay, so spoiler alert. So I'm in therapy pretty regularly and we talk about this all the time because it's the thing that I carry around and I'm always like, okay, I feel this way. And then she kind of talks me through it. And the baseline that I always have to come back to is keeping it simple, which is 
kind of what you did before you dropped Roman off at the gym. Is he alive? Is he fed? Is he happy? Mm -hmm. Like that's really, if I'm doing that, I just can't really mess any of the rest of it up. I'm just not really in charge of most of what I think I am. You know, I can't control uh, is he getting all A's? Is he a super athlete? Is he, you know, is he engaged? Is he the most popular kid? I can't take, I can't do any of those things. What I can do is make sure he's happy, he's fed, he's healthy. And, and that's the best I can do. And so when I really get twisted off, I just bring it back down and I just answer those three questions. Answering those three questions is so empowering to know that you are in control yeah. of those things. Yep. And I think they say control the controllables, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. I recently started going to therapy just this year. Yeah. I know. This is a <laughs> 2020 been a year of change. That's right. So I've started going therapy to therapy is where it is at. It is. <laughs> but I'm going to bring up a cultural and race issue. Okay. When I started going to therapy, I told my mom about it. And she's like, baby, you don't need a therapist. You just need the Lord. You just need to pray about it. <laughs> Praise God. And I do pray about it, but I come from a place, from a space where therapy was discouraged. Yeah. Um, my mother and my grandmother, people around me were kind of like, well, we're just, just going to pray about it and yeah. everything is going to be okay. And prayer changes things. But there was the guilt and the shame about and around therapy. Really? Um, and so I think recognizing and coming to terms with mom guilt. Mm-hmm just helped me to come to terms with I needed to do whatever I had to do mm -hmm. to get out of the prison for the crime that I may or may not yes. have committed. Yes. You know? And for me, once I was on parole and I was freed, the way to do that was to seek the counsel from a licensed professional therapist yes. and to realize that there was nothing wrong with that. And the reason that my mom and my aunts had discouraged therapy was because in their lives, when they were younger, it was not something that was available to them. Right. And then there was the negative stigma around therapy. So I think that when we judge people based on the decisions that they make that might be or are different than ours and our own, mm -hmm. we discourage that growth. And we discourage that freeing of our minds and the liberation that is so necessary to growing and moving beyond. I agree with you. I, you know, and just to speak to that, for me, I pray and, you know, I seek counsel of a higher power as well. But I had so much old trauma and so many old ideas that had built a nest internally that prayer and meditation were helpful, but I really had to clear out with internal work some of that old stuff to get the full message from my higher power. So right. it's it's hand in hand for me. You know, it has to be both. Like I have to do the internal work to clear out those old ideas, to shine a light on that old shame. And when I do that, I feel my connection with my higher power on a much different level. That's like so I really get the full benefit of that. So I get that. So I was going to ask you, Kanji, about, you know, you made mention that maybe your family was more discouraging because it wasn't something available to them. But I think there's also something in there 
that I think you and I both touched on a little bit, right? Which is, I kind of wanted to solve my own problems and control my own destiny. Right. And, and if I have to go outside of myself for, you know, a brighter light that can feel like, oh, you can't just, uh, you can't just handle your own business. You can't just handle your own guilt and shame. And, and I say, no, I no. cannot. <laughs> and accept I need a flashlight. <laughs> yeah. And I would share with anyone, any mom, if anyone were to come to me, which I, I don't know why they would. I'm not a therapist. I'm just a mom trying to do the best I can. That's right? right. Is that a new hashtag? Do the best you can. The key for me to dealing with mom guilt, it's twofold. Yep. The first is acknowledgement. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of times we are told to avoid things, avoid conversations, avoid triggers. Yes. But we need to accept them, acknowledge and accept how we feel and then to start to analyze it. So I wanted to take you back to that story in you know, spring of 2009 mm-hmm. where I'm sitting at this big box gym and I'm hearing my kid wailing and they're trying to call my name over the loudspeaker and I know they're trying to call my name to get this child, but they're saying it all wrong. So I'm ignoring them because I was like, I don't know who Kanga is. So that Kanga better go get her child, <laughs> right? Wrong. Something's Somebody wrong. Is, is anybody seeing Kanga? Is she out here? <laughs> and I paused, you know, that day. And just what you said, it was me realizing he's okay. Yeah. He's going to be okay. Yeah. But he won't thrive unless I'm okay and he can see that in me. Right. And that point, I needed to jump on that treadmill and walk at a very brisk pace. Mm-hmm. So what I did was, I think when I got there, I planned on walking for like 30 minutes or so. I got on the treadmill. I walked for a mile. It took me about 15, 16 minutes. And I made that compromise with myself because that's the solution that fit my needs. Yeah. And- when I went back to the childcare center, he was fine. He fine, fine, yeah. fine girl. Like, no like, why are you interrupting me? I have some blocks yes. to build, lady. Yes. And he was playing with another little kid. And I was like, oh, I can go back on the treadmill. But I was like, mm, nah, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> I got that. Now that I'm off of it. <laughs> exactly. There was a little glaze on my face. So that yeah, was I get it. That for sure. <laughs> oh, but yeah, it's it, it it's weird because we we do talk about the experiences we had. Yeah. And we just use those as a roadmap for where we're going to go. And we don't know where we're going to go on this journey, which is why I love talking about where I've been. I love being where I'm at with you. And I love where we're going. I'm so excited about it. You're excited about so many things. You know, I'm a pretty excited person. I see that. I love that about you. (laughs) I do. And I'm excited that you have had a successful staycation. Thank you. And that you got as many things checked off of your list as you did. Yes. 80% is not quite a hundred, but you're going to get there. <laughs> wow. I just felt a little pressure. You felt there. the pressure? Was it like three inches done. above your belly button? <laughs> That's right. To the a little fire inside. <laughs> so uh, as we get ready to wrap up, if I take a little bit from what both of us were sharing in our experiences, maybe I can say to our podcast family, there are four things that I recognize that we can do to address mommy guilt. And the first of those is going to be to put yourself first. Always. Always put yourself first. The second thing that I think we would encourage people to do would be to lean on people around you. You mentioned a lot about some of your friends and when you spoke with them, they were able to make sure that you realized that you were 
doing a great job. You got to have somebody that's going to tell you what's really happening, tell you the truth, because your your brain will lie to you. <laughs> <laughs> there are lies in there. <laughs> and the third thing to do is don't compare yourself with anyone else, no. especially not on social media, because social media, they lie. It's lies. It's, it's all lies. And to stay humble. Yes. And, and, and last but not least is... To to talk to a professional. Absolutely. If you need it, you know. Ask for help. It's ask for help. so important. Reach out. You know, we all have our networks. We all have uh, connections that mm-hmm. we need to make. Please speak to a professional if you feel as though it's overwhelming or if it's too much. Yes. And always feel that you can reach out to, to us. Going into this next week, wanted to find out what your word of the week is going to be to kind of help you to to move forward this week. Absolutely. Thanks for asking. I uh, My word of the week is going to be listen. I did have to have a conversation this morning with work about some things I have coming up next week. And I always come back and end up with a bunch of people in my ear about maybe things that went wrong while I was gone or things went right or things that need to be fixed. And so I can feel myself today kind of gearing up for a fight, like just ready to go in there and like tell them why it's not a problem. Right. And, uh, and I was like, you know what, what if I just close my mouth, put my hackles down and just listen and then just take it one day at a time. So that's, that's my word for next week. I love it. How about you? My word for the next week is going to be connection. I was telling you that I think that the part of 2020 that I struggled most with was being disconnected from people, mm-hmm. yes. being disconnected from experiences, and being disconnected from myself for a lot of it. So I'm going to focus more this week on those intentional connections and reconnecting with people maybe I have not spoken to in a couple of weeks, maybe put together a couple of Zoom happy hours. I love that. Maybe do a couple of happy hours with my husband. Yes. I'm excited, just excited about the opportunities that this week has in store for us. So that sounds that's awesome. It. That's going to be another good week for you. I, think. I know. And we will figure out exactly how well it went when we meet back here next week. Yes. So we are next week going to have another amazing episode of Motherhood in Black and White. And I think we are ready to bring on a guest. Let's do this. Yes. Let, let, let's expand our family. I would love to hear the voice of another woman. And I have a couple of people in mind. One in particular who I think her voice is going to add so much to our family. I haven't spoken to her in a few months, so I need to reach out to her, but I'm hoping connection, that, um, connection, connection. Perfect. I mean, it, it goes right together. It does. <laughs> and I'm looking forward to it. So let's make I sure that we we'll make it happen. Exactly. Yeah. So let's go ahead and wrap this up so you can get back to the other 20% on your list. Yes. I've got to get that done. I've got a couple of days left. Uh, now guys, thank you so much for joining us in this episode. We love having you along for this ride with us please be sure you hit subscribe on that podcast. And if you are enjoying these episodes, make sure you leave us a great five-star review. We're so happy to have you as part of our family and uh, take this journey with us. Take good care.